So I could pay off my loans. I just haven't yet. And I couldn't really tell you why. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I'm very excited to have my guest, Monique, on. Hi, Monique. Hi. Monique, you are a follow-up, which is always fun. I only do a handful of these a year, and you were originally on as episode 22, and we aired it back on February 8th of 2019. Yes, things have changed since then. Oh my God, it was pre-pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> that it was, which is wild. And we'll, we'll get into this, but you are in healthcare. So I'm sure I would like to hear how that was for you. But so for all of our lovely listeners, when Monique first came on, and you should absolutely check out episode 22, um, you had, you were out of school about a year, you were a nurse practitioner, or probably still are a nurse practitioner living in Philadelphia, you were making a salary of 120,000 gross. You had at the time, um, and this is one of my favorite quotes from the episode, you had called it a tornado of debt, uh, actually not the most debt I've seen um, in all these interviews since, since we have like 200 now, but you, at the time you had about 19,000 in undergraduate loans and 19,000 in graduate loans. And one thing that had surprised you was you had occurred a bunch of debt on credit cards because you had kept your standard of living similar when you're in school, even though you were working while in school. So you had at the time, 11000 in credit card debt, so a grand total of around 50000 That's true. That's true, okay. And then we had some, <laughs> we had financial goals that you wanted to work towards, like buying a house. And so I am very excited to get an update on, you know, life and your finances and all of that. Thank you for having me back. I'm very, very excited to do this follow-up as we don't have a tornado of debt anymore. Ooh, that's so exciting. It is exciting. So all debt's gone. No undergrad, no grad, no. Oh well, it's not a tornado. Okay, it's a little. It's a little rainstorm. Like a, a rainstorm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, a summer rainstorm. It's a cat one, not a cat five. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, perfect. Okay, so fill me in. So, are you still in Philadelphia? I am not. I moved to New York City um Ooh. two months before the pandemic because timing oh, is everything. Oh no, New York City. Um, okay, I'm still a nurse practitioner. I am. Yes. Okay. I so you- was in the intensive care unit during <gasps> COVID, so that was oh, um, a lot. Yeah, that yeah. had to be so hard. Yeah, it was it was very very difficult. Um, so you luckily, must have seen so many COVID patients. So many COVID patients. Yes. Oh yeah. god, it was really scary. Yeah. Um, so you were. I, I mean, front line. Yes. Yes. Gosh, oh my god. Got gosh. COVID on April Fools. It wasn't an April Fools joke. Oh no. Um. Yeah. Saw a lot of really really sad sad cases. Um. And luckily, that's behind us now and work isn't like that anymore um but it was very very difficult going through it for sure did you just want to quit honestly um being new in the city and being new in the hospital I made some incredible friends with my colleagues so I feel like I don't know if our relationship would have been as strong had we not been going through such a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. but truly like without them I definitely would have quit probably yes but, but yeah, but um, that that experience now is now bond at you because it's something that most people can't relate to, right? And you did it together, so exactly. you have that, yeah, that bond. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, 
that's, I'm like speechless. I can't imagine. So when everybody was doing the pans and clapping in New York, they were clapping for you. That was really amazing that uh, people did that. Honestly, it was really incredible. It was interesting because it was only on my days off that you would hear it. But right, because otherwise you were in the <laughs> otherwise you were in the ICU saving lives, right? So you weren't there to hear it. <laughs> but it was every single time. It was extremely moving. On it was really, really incredible. And luckily, like the part of the city I live in is a lot of healthcare um workers too so it never felt like desolate like other parts of the city where places kind of stayed open yeah like you know you're walking to work you're seeing other people doing the same so so that I give credit too to people that were stuck at home honestly because I felt almost even though what we were doing was obviously very intense um I felt bad for people that didn't have that experience of getting up and still going to work and like still talking and meeting with colleagues and things like that so um, even so, though it's like a weird positive of it, 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 it kind it of could, kept life a little bit normal. Yeah. You had that semblance of routine that a lot of people lost exactly. that routine and structure. Now I think this is a silly question. I'm just curious. So when you were there, you had to be like gowned up the whole time. Right. So was it like hard to talk to your, like, I was curious, was it hard to like um, communicate with your colleagues with all that gear on? I mean, we had our masks on all the time and like goggles and then our caps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the blowouts were really cut down. During yeah, the you saved a lot we're... of money on hair because yes. <laughs> we were wearing our, our uh, hair caps. I, I guess my, my voice got louder. That's not that hard to do. And but yeah, no, we were we were still talking. Okay. So yeah. you didn't have to have like the whole, like you just had a, not that just, but now these days just a mask, but you didn't have to have like a face shield and like, well, like going in the rooms, rooms we did. You did. Okay. But not when we were like at the desk amongst each other. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. how many times did you contract COVID working in the ICU? Just once? Uh, Twice. Twice. Okay. I was going to say one seems low <laughs> if you're like around yeah, it all yeah. the time. There were a couple of us that got it around the same time. And it was more of like the fear of the unknown that time, mm-hmm. you know, because you just didn't so know what, what kind you were going to get. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I got it was also pretty much when everyone had it around the holidays of last year. Oh, I got it then. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think everyone got it then. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Merry Christmas. You've tested positive. <laughs> exactly. Have fun telling all your family that you ruined Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the exact phrase my mother used. Was like, "Are you trying to ruin Christmas?" I was like, "No, no, I'm not." But I'm right. posi- I'm positive, so I'm calling you from the guest bedroom because I'm not leaving the guest bedroom. So scary. Yeah, because I actually tested positive Christmas morning. Okay, I was the day after. Oh gosh, so you had to call everybody who was at Christmas to be like, "Hey guys." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was like it still felt just as awkward as like yeah. the first time. Yeah. Like calling people I had been around. Um, yeah. I think that's the worst part of COVID is you get it and then you have to call everybody. I got it twice. The second time I was like the one that got called and told you were exposed. And so then I stayed away. Mm-hmm. But for the Christmas one, I was the only one who came down with it. So I had to call everybody that I had been around and say I had it. Although I had tested negative literally like six days prior, like six consecutive days prior. So then wow. the do- my doctor was like, you just have a sinus infection which I did was completely accurate, just test every other day because I think it's just a sinus infection, not COVID. And so I waited less than 48 hours and retested it and then it was positive. Uh, 
And I was like, so oh, terrible. now I have COVID and a sinus infection. But yeah, it's so awkward to call everyone and be like, so I had to call my sister who had hosted Christmas Eve on Christmas morning and be like, hi, oh. so <laughs> I think I might have exposed you and everybody in your house. Oh my God. Oh, it is, it is a really, really difficult phone call for sure. Yeah. So gosh, hopefully we're like almost through it. Are you seeing, so you're, you know, in New York City now, we're still in intensive care. Um, no, I actually okay. um, transitioned. This is my first job that's not in a critical environment, and okay. I'm absolutely thrilled. So, oh, I'm okay. So, what's your outpatient? Oh, amazing. Still okay. a nurse practitioner, just outpatient. So, um, I see patients before they have surgery and just make sure that they're healthy enough to go um, through with the surgery. Um, oh, amazing. So, so I, you're not in a critical care unit. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it is interesting, though, because everyone we test for COVID because you need to be tested before you go into the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like I'll get uh, like a handful of patients that I've seen that are positive. But I mean, we're still wearing all the, the, the PPE and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's, you know, we're protected in that way, but it's it's definitely still out there. But I and left you- the ICU in March and it was pretty rare that we would have patients that were that sick that they were in the ICU with it. Not that it doesn't happen, but it just not as um, not as, as much as initially. Yeah. So what do you think now, like heading into, we're recording this in November. So heading into the holiday season, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, do you think we're going to see another spike like we did last year? Because like last year, this time, everybody was like back at football games. It was like COVID's over. And then it yeah. really surged around the holidays. And a lot of people came down with it around the holidays. I mean, I think it's possible that it will, but I think the benefit is that there are so many people that are like vaccinated and boosted mm-hmm. now that the severity won't be as intense. So if it does go up, it won't be as much of a problem. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it'll be more like you get sick and stay home and then that's it. Although, yeah. having also had it twice, I have zero desire to ever have this again. I would like to avoid it the rest of my life. I know, I know, because it really does knock you out. Yeah, and I ended up with long haul COVID which I don't know if I've talked oh, about God, on the I'm show. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, I was never hospitalized, but ended up with like severe issues and it went on for nine months. It was like miserable. That is so scary. I've seen patients that have that. It's, it's awful. I'm very sorry. Did you find someone that was able to like help you through it? Yeah. So I ended up going out to the Cleveland clinic to get good. Yeah. To get care. Cause I ended up with a chronic migraine condition. So I was getting daily migraines as a result of COVID. Unbelievable. The yeah. neuro stuff that comes along with it is not as spoken of as the respiratory, but it's really right. real. Yeah. So everyone, when I say long haul COVID, they were like, oh, were you like on a respirator? And I was like, no, I was in the neurological <laughs> department. Yeah. yeah they, oh, they and have migraines a, are awful. They are awful. Yeah. They're pretty terrible. Yeah. But they said that, um, and I didn't know this until I got it, but they said that it causes, for some people, it causes more neuro- neurological problems. And, you know, some people lose their taste and right taste and smell, which is neurological and other people end up with can end up with like a chronic headache, but mine were like actual migraine or migraine issue. They're seeing a lot of it, but it's not talked about at all. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's really just like, I don't know that if I was outside of the medical field and actually talking to people that had had it and asking them, you know what I mean? Like, it's like every patient I see, it's like, did you have COVID? Yeah, you're gay. Yes. What were your symptoms? Do you still have any? So I have this conversation very, very often. Um, but yeah, I think if I wasn't in this field and, and doing that, I wouldn't know about the neurologic side effects. 
No, I didn't. I was assuming I was like, I Googled it and was like, oh, I'm definitely, I'm dying. I have a brain tumor that has taken over my head and I need some story. I'm going to die. And then when I, when they ran all the tests and they're like, okay, so we have good news. And I was like, what is it? They're like, it's COVID. And I was like, what? And they're like, it's COVID. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so there's no brain tumor. And they're like, nope, like everything is normal. And so because you had COVID, it, it's, um, you know, a neurological side effect of having COVID. And I was like, okay, like, what does wow. that mean? And they're like, so that means it'll go away. And I was like, when? And they're like, no, we don't know. We don't know. It's true that at some point, you know, it could be six months, it could be six years. And at that point, I just started to cry. I was like, six years? Oh, yeah. They were just like, we don't know enough about it. And this is not something that happens to everybody. And so just, to, you know, they're studying it. I was for, it was nine months for me. So about it's a long time it is a a long long time time. yeah it is a long time yeah but it did resolve which is great but yeah it's really interesting because you don't hear about that side of it that it can like stay in your body and cause like residual problems yeah absolutely even and I like so I'm sure listeners will be wondering I was vaccinated and boosted like yep. I, had all, I had all the thing and that's what I said to the doctors I was like you guys said if I did everything <laughs> that I you just be- don't know yeah like, <laughs> yeah I would be fine it's and they're like yeah, well exactly. you're not dying and I was like oh it feels yeah. like it though <laughs> I mean you did all the right things and maybe it could have been worse so right even though that was terrible like at least you know what I mean like yeah I wasn't they're not wrong but it's not it's probably not what you wanted to hear yeah, <laughs> they were. The doctor was like, "It's okay. This is good news." And I was like, "It isn't good news." He was like, "It, it is." Feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was a compared nice to what they see. I'm sure. Yeah, they're like, "You're gonna be fine. We're gonna give you some migraine medicine." They put me on a bunch of stuff like neurological drugs that you take daily that are aggressive. But yeah, they're like, "We're gonna put you on a bunch of stuff and we're gonna get you out of pain, and then you know, eventually you'll feel better." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. But yeah, so COVID is there. no joke. Yes, I am too. I am yeah. very glad. I really wanted to go to like a top hospital because I really did think that I there was something seriously wrong. Like I didn't think it was COVID. I didn't never connected the dots that it would be COVID at all. So scary. But going yeah. to like a specialized like place like that is definitely a right move for. Yeah, and I got to see Cleveland. I've never been to Cleveland, so that was a bonus. Mm-hmm. I took my mom. There with you me. go. Yeah. Cleveland's oh, great- that's nice. Yeah, Cleveland's a great city. So, okay, yeah. anyway, I diverge. I was very, I'm very interested in, obviously very interested in COVID. Okay, so now you're an out, outpatient. And then let's talk about the finances. So how, so before you're making 120, what does your salary look like now? I make around 150 now. Oh, amazing. You went up almost $30,000. Yeah. Yes. Incredible. And then yeah. where is this rainstorm of debt? Like what are we, what are we at? Okay, so no more credit cards at all. Amazing. Um, that gets paid off constantly. And then I've been able to save um, a lot. So I could pay off my loans. I just haven't yet. And I couldn't really tell you why. Well, do you qualify for any of the loan forgiveness? So that's a really wonderful question. Um, okay. I logged on today. Okay. And <laughs> Did you log on because we were going to be talking and you knew I might ask this? It might have been the reason. Um, it might have been on my to-do list since July. But, you know, I'm one of those people where... <laughs> <laughs> I need a little bit of a light uh, ignite to get yeah. things going sometimes. So anywho, um, I have literally none of my um, loans from undergrad are even eligible. And okay. it's literally $2,000. So I didn't even realize it was that low because they started sneaking. They like 
snuck up on me and made my monthly payment like barely anything. And I was like, hmm, that's weird, but naturally didn't look into it at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why do I still have that? Like I could pay that off right now. So that doesn't qualify. But okay. my graduate school ones, I'm assuming will, um, because I have worked in hospitals that are eligible um, for the public service one. Yeah, um, it just hasn't been 10 years yet. So I don't know if it's worth it to just teeter along with them until I it, hit the 10 year mark. Years. Right. So which the, would uh, be like in three years for the okay. like, I basically took out a little chunk each of my years. Yeah, basically, I have like 14,000 left. So like, I could also pay that. So I think that there's an income limit of 125 for the forgiveness. Did you see that? I think that's for Biden's thing. Does that also fall for the public service? No, that's not for public service. Yeah, that's for the Biden loan forgiveness. Yeah, I know. I can't get that. Okay, so you're not, yeah, eligible. Because I'm like, are you getting married anytime soon? Because the marriage one is 250 Oh. Yeah. Well, we can we can put that out there. Anyone yeah, let's, interested? <laughs> yeah, anyone interested in getting married? Can we get some loan forgiveness? Um, I would first make sure that those loans you still have would be eligible for loan cancellation. And then you could look for a marriage partner. Not just kidding, just kidding, but just throwing it out there. Um, Okay. Okay. So no credit cards and $14,000 left of student loans of which will, will be forgiven because of your job. If you, and so we're, so you have 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you're halfway there, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's just it, a matter of do I do it or not? And I guess I'm kind I would of like, do it. I would do it. Why yeah, not? Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, that's what the, I feel like. And also, like, I should have done this five years ago for my undergrads, but in typical fashion, procrastinated and now they're gone, which is fine. But I, I feel like it'd be nice to take advantage of it for the grad. Yeah, time. I would 100%. And you're, do, and you're making sure that you're qualifying your, your work every year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I were you, that's the benefit of working in a public service role is that you're eligible for that program. And when it's forgiven, there's no tax, whatever is forgiven. Okay. So I don't see any reason to pay it off when you're five years away. And so I would just chip along at it, make whatever payment because they do it based on income. They tell you what you have to pay. So pay whatever yeah. they want you to pay. And then at the end of five years, there should be about, a, you know, even if at the end of five years, I would assume a decent amount would be forgiven. I would think at least half, right? I would hope so. Because what are you paying monthly on it? I'll take anything. I'll take anything. 300. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would keep paying your 300 and just chuck along or truck along at that $300 a month number mm-hmm. for the next five years because then it's 300 a month and there's interest on these. So, yeah. So it's 3600 like 5%. 5%, yeah. So you're actually, hold on. I might be done with them, right? I don't know. You will. Okay, so three hundred a month times, yes. and now is three hundred a month the other two thousand dollar one too? Uh, that's like a hundred. Okay, so three hundred a month just towards the fourteen thousand. Okay, so then this is where the math is critical. So three hundred a month times twelve months is thirty six hundred times five years. You'll pay eighteen thousand. So oh oh, and then the interest would kick up a little. So maybe there'll be like a little bit left. So there could be a little so bit less. So be paying less if I just paid it now than doing that. Yeah. You would save yourself $4,000. If you, if the lump sum payment is fourteen, and the payoff, yeah. and you're going to have to pay 300 a month for the next five years, if it's exactly five years, right? Yeah. I think, well, so 
Okay, maybe I have to look into it more because if I started grad school in the year 14, mm-hmm. then technically that 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 little bit would be 2024, right? Because you were working while you were in grad school, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. But those loans, yeah, I think we need to look into it more because your loan, yeah. it depends on your loan was dispersed, started to pay back. I think it would be yeah, when you started to pay it back. So it was dispersed yeah. for you to go to grad school. And then did you start paying it back immediately? Like, were you immediately paying with a qualified job? Uh, that's a really good question. I'd have to look back on my, right, like, because, in that. Because when did you start, when did you get the loan? And when did you start paying? Do you know when you started paying on the loan? I guess that's the probably like, yeah, that's, that would be, I'd have to look back. I mean, I guess it could, it, do you think like the loan people would be someone that I could call and ask these things? Yes, I just wouldn't have high hopes, <laughs> but you could. Yes, okay. But I would find like out. Like any customer service. Like any customer service. <laughs> set a low bar for for the experience. Um, I would find out wh- how many years you actually have left on that, because that I think is going to determine whether or not you pay it off or keep it. If you're going to end up actually spending more of your money to get it forgiven, and I use air quotes, the you know, obviously right. you might get, you might get money forgiven. Maybe at the end of five years, you get 2000 forgiven, but you paid 18. Does that make sense? So if you just pay right. it off in full, you're saving yourself, like you are spending, you're, you're saving yourself that $4,000 right. that is a vacation. And torture. And torture of having to, of the paperwork yeah. every year and having to qualify. So I would find out, and I would let the numbers drive it. Okay. Right? So that if, makes sense. if they say to you, okay, you have three years left, right? And it's 3,600 a month, 3,600 a year, and you have three years left. Well, then that's 10,800. You're saving yourself at least, you know, 32. That makes sense. Right. When the number gets higher and you're actually going to spend more money to get it forgiven, then I would consider maybe paying it off. Okay. And that's just like making a payment that's the full amount and calling it a day calling it a day. Yeah. And I should like, so maybe I shouldn't have asked this question. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months I've been prioritizing my health as I've recovered from a nasty case of long haul COVID. I love that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements in because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, and probiotics. It's been super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus, it's way cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So how much you have saved up at this point? Like where are we with savings and 401k and that, or 403b and that stuff? So like between what I saved during COVID, like on top of paying off uh, my tornado, yes. um, I have, yeah, I have about a hundred thousand right now saved. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay. And it's just sitting in a savings account because that's what we should do with that kind of money. 
Uh, it needs to be in a high yield savings account or I'm going to lose my mind. Um, it's in a Chase savings account. <laughs> what is it making? Please tell me it's making something. Uh, probably like 2%, if even that. I really don't know. Okay, so finance gonna... is not my strength. I know, I know, I know. You save lives, more important things. Okay, so you're going to do two things for me. You're going to find out when you started paying back your loans. I'm putting okay. this down. Okay, so what date? So, like, how many years you have left for loan forgiveness? loan forgiveness is what you have to find out and then that number is going to drive the next thing and the next thing is and I have a feeling that because you have a hundred thousand saved up you are probably better off just paying that off and being done with your loans because I do think you're going to end up spending more money waiting for the forgiveness Mm -hmm. like if you just use the math like if you're going to spend 18,000 and you can get rid of it for 14 probably want to get rid of it for 14 because you have the cash right if you didn't have the cash, then we wouldn't do that. Different story. Yeah. Different story. But you would still have a very comfortable amount of cash. Yes. Okay. And then my next question is, how are you doing with retirement? Oh, my God. Um. So I kept – this is driving my father insane, but I think that it, there, that it might not be the craziest idea, but you can tell me. Um. My old job, my retirement there is almost 150000 Amazing. And that is just sitting in their little account. And then I'm contributing at my new job and they match me. Maybe. So I did some of my research along with my loan things. And it seems like I'm not matching the most that I'm allowed for my age group. Okay. So I feel like I should probably be more aggressive. I contribute 5%. Okay. And then my job does 8%. Oh, amazing. And you can get more, like you could contribute more and they would give you more, you think? No, that it maxes at that. So they do, they do 5% for everyone and then they match one to 3% of whatever you do. So I maxed at what they'll okay, what so they you, give me. But you think you're doing not enough for you based on your age? Yes. Like it looks like, the, what is it? 20,500 is the most that you could put into a 401 at my age. Yes. A year. Yes. Um, so that would be around 13%. So I say, let's do oh, it. Why, why are you not doing it? Just not knowledgeable. Basically. Oh, okay. Now. Okay. So can you afford it? That'll be, I mean, I think you can't afford not to do it, but. Right. I, but yeah. yes, I think I can. I mean, I'm also contributing. I, I put away 2000 a month to savings. Amazing. So I would say that you've done enough for savings, right? So okay. I would rather yeah. have you up your 401k, or is it yours as a 403b? It's a 401k. Okay. So I would rather see you up your 401k to 13% for a couple of reasons. One, because most people, when they retire, the largest asset they have is their IRA or their retire whatever they had from retirement, usually the biggest account. I've never mm-hmm. had anyone say to me, I wish I did less. Never happened. I have not had yeah. one person be like, you know what? We saved too much for retirement. Literally... Never heard it. Um, and I've met with thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Also, you're living in one of the most expensive in the, expensive cities in the world. <laughs> yes. So you were paying New York state tax. You were paying New York city tax and you're paying fed, the yes. fed tax. So you'll save so much money by putting 13% of your pay in there. It's ridiculous when it's I see ridiculous. how much of my paycheck goes to taxes. And oh. then when I do my taxes and I get back like, what I pay a J crew on a regular day. Yeah. Not even treating myself. (laughs) No. So like your federal, like just to throw out some like round numbers 
okay, so let's say your federal is like 20, your state is five, your city, I don't even know, we'll make up three. Oh, and then you pay FICA tax, which no one talks about, which is the social security and Medicare contribution that you make. That's seven. It's insane. And, yeah. So like maybe you're losing 35 or 40% ish. It's, it's, it's literally when I look at the, um, what is it? Net and, and gross. Mm-hmm. This is how terrible my finance knowledge is. Yeah. That difference is mind boggling. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So for that reason alone, because you're a high income earner and you're single and you're in a very expensive city, what I would be maxing it out and I would be maxing it out pre-tax. I don't care what anyone says. You will probably yeah. not be, I hope that you're not paying state and city tax when you're retired. Hopefully you're just paying feds. Okay. And hopefully you're in a lower bracket. I mean, I, you could be wrong, but you could definitely use the tax savings today. So I would yes. be, I would be upping it. And then okay. whatever the difference is in your pay, instead of saving $2,000 a month, I would just save whatever's left over. Okay. That makes sense. Like that see what sense. it looks like. And yeah. See what it looks like. Cause then your budget really won't change, right? It's just the distribution mm-hmm. of where the monies are going. So you're just gonna be putting more money mm-hmm. into retirement versus more money into cash. And you have a lot, you have a lot in cash. Yeah. And you'll no, still it feels good to be have. adding it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I would do. So it would definitely increase it to 13%. And then the difference would go into savings. I would potentially pay off your loans with the savings. And then what else, what else is going on? Um, I just don't know what to do with that amount, like where to put it, where it, it's not just sitting, not really making more than it can, you know? I mean, it's not a great market. Like, I mean, my 401's been destroyed. So I guess I have a question, not destroyed, but not as good as it was. Before. Right. <laughs> but I guess I have time, but on my side. But so I guess it's what options to invest and then... Is it okay to have two different 401ks or should they all be together? So there's no right or wrong East, no right or wrong for that. So okay. some people like to aggregate it because it's easier for a management standpoint. Like you have one retirement account versus two, because right now you have two, just to make mm-hmm. sure that like you're not having to check on two accounts, right? So if they can aggregate it and sometimes they allow it, sometimes they don't, you can just move one over to the other. Okay. The only reason I would keep it with the old firm, if there was like a specific reason, like you had some sort of investment you couldn't get somewhere else. That would that would be one reason. Okay. Now, the technical righties or legal response is you can do three things. You can leave it. You can roll it over to an IRA. I think the third option they give is liquidate, but you don't want to do that. But you no. could also aggregate. I don't think they list that on one of the legal documents, but you can aggregate it, meaning you could take it with you to your new firm or in your case, your new hospital. Okay. So that would that's more of a personal preference. I like the idea of not leaving stuff behind because people forget about it. They don't check it. They don't update beneficiaries, That those sort of things. Um, so I would say if I were you, I would do one of two things. I would either make it your own IRA, and then that's your IRA that you always funnel account your 401ks so as you leave companies if you keep moving around you know if you move around again you have your like home base account where you just like when you leave a company you move it over or the other option is to aggregate it and move it to your existing hospital so you just have one to worry about so one set of investments and one set of beneficiaries okay that makes sense um i guess like uh, my dad has been saying oh it's like you're not contributing to it so it's not growing but i'm kind of like but it's in stock and it's the same amount. So, and I am yeah. contributing to a different one. <laughs> like, so you are still contributing to your retirement. 
it is nice when there is that engine of growth of actual contributions through payroll. So your existing one will grow more because you're dollar cost averaging, meaning you're contributing on a regular basis. Okay. The other one is still growing because it's invested. Like you said, it's just not adding to it mm -hmm. and you can't add to it there. You don't, you don't work there anymore. So that's, right. that's normal. Right. That That's why I like either my personal preference is either move it to an IRA that you then track, right? That's yours, not with the company name on it and make sure that the, you're comfortable with the investments and beneficiaries or another really easy thing to do, which is a little bit of paperwork as well. All of this is paperwork. Is just move it to your existing company, your existing, in your case, hospital. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Does that make sense? Nice. Yes. A lot of sense. But I, yeah, but I think your, your biggest opportunity is to increase that 401k and then figure out about the student loans. Cause you might actually save yourself money by paying them off. Yeah. And it would feel good to not have. It's very liberating to not have it. Right. No and more, you, no more rain at all. No more, no tornadoes, no <laughs> rainstorms, none of that. Exactly. And then, exactly. and you'll still be saving cash because then at that point, I think your decision, I think from there, the next steps for you are if you want to buy a place, right? Yes. And then the other, I recently moved. Okay. And I was very tempted to purchase because New York city rent went from being please, we're begging you to live here to crazy town. LOL, what pandemic? Right. And you're crazy rent. Top dollar now. Yes. Like uh, rent prices so, I've never heard of. And I lived there for like 13 years, but the rent prices currently are astronomical. Out of control. Uh, completely out of control. So I was thinking, I'm like, it, it almost financially makes more sense to buy something and have a mortgage that's the same as this insane rent that you're asking. Um, but it felt very rushed. And then mm -hmm. I found a place that was, not, it's not much more than I was paying in my old place. Oh, good. Um, so I opted to do that. And that was before um, Philadelphia doesn't have this um, game, as I call it, where you find an apartment by yourself at Zillow, you look at it by yourself, and then somehow pay a renter broker or broker's <laughs> fee. For 15% of the year. I was like, what exactly do you feel like you did to deserve this pay? <laughs> um, so for and people- Please don't take this apartment away from me. <laughs> for people who don't know, New York City is a gauntlet to find an apartment. So what what are you paying in your rent? Just curious. $21.50. It's actually very reasonable. Uh, yeah. Where are you in Manhattan proper? Yes, I'm in Yorkville. That feels like a steal. Um, I have to tell you, the rent prices I've been hearing are correct. crazy. Okay, but you did have to pay a broker fee, and did you have to show? Yes. Um, is it forty percent, forty times rent, forty times rent, right? Yes, I gave away a lot of documents to a complete stranger. <laughs> um, also, something doesn't happen in Philly. It's a very, very eye-opening experience. <laughs> I mentioned to someone the other day a lot day, of personal data. Yeah, that you have to have 40 times rent. And they were like, 40 times rent. And I was like, yeah, it's insane. Otherwise, you need a co-signer if you don't have the income to substantiate that. Yeah, uh, the poor guy at the Chase Bank when he was cutting my banker's checks, I was just on a rant. And he was like, Well, ma'am, these are refundable if you decide not yeah. to go through with it. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> you change your mind because it feels like you hate this right now you can come back here <laughs> all for the pleasure um, of living in manhattan although i will say 2150 for new york city and manhattan is a great price and I yes. they don't, they and don't. it is a great apartment oh good yeah exposed brick um, oh beautiful 
elevator. For the time being, with interest rates being at high and real estate being high, I wouldn't buy at the moment, but you do have all that cash. So I would just keep adding to it. And then I guess the next thing you could do with some of the cash, if you wanted to, and it might be a good time to do it since the market is down, as you, as you mentioned, your 401k has been destroyed. Um, <laughs> it's on sale, really, is another way to look at it, is you could take, depending on- I love that what amount you feel comfortable with. You could take some of that cash, whether it's 25 or 30,000. I still believe in having cash on hand. I'm conservative in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. You could take some of that and invest it in the market while we're at a low. And I don't think the lows okay. are done. You know, that's my personal opinion. I think we still have more lows to come. So yeah. I would first get the 401k up. I would first figure out the student loans. And then from there, I'd figure out a number you were comfortable with. And I would, in your mind, to me, it would make sense. You would want to leave it in there for at least two years, you wouldn't want to have a, you wouldn't say, I actually do want to buy a place and I want to do it in 12 months because that would not align with investing the money. So I think if you're right, right. you're okay not buying for a little bit until the housing market cools off, because um, I think, I don't think rates are going to go down, but I think the prices of property will go down. Yes. Like even when I got pre-approved for the mortgage, it was like five to six. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, last time I was checking, it was two to three. And yes. they were like, well, this is a new ball game. So now I think it's even more than that, right? Yeah, because it's like, like over seven. Said, the prices are not. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. prices are not going down. So it's not really. Yeah. So I wouldn't buy at a high interest rate. And, you know, honestly, historically, seven isn't high. If you look historically over like a 40 year period. It's very high compared to the fact that earlier this year, you could get a 3% mortgage, right. but the real estate prices are high. So you're paying a premium and I wouldn't pay a premium for real estate right now. What I would do is wait yeah. until the real estate market softens and you can get a, more of a deal and also yeah. wait to see what happens with the rates because maybe they'll come down, not this year, not next year, but maybe they'll come down a little bit. Maybe you could get, you could go back mm -hmm. to a six, but if you also get a property that was marked down significantly, then six isn't as bad, right? Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And so from there, you could figure out what you're comfortable with. So maybe you leave, you know, after you pay off the loans, maybe you leave half of that or a little more than half. Maybe you take, you know, 35000 and invest it and you leave the rest in cash and keep adding to it. Okay. And then like, I, I probably could, I mean, yeah, just, and also I have like a per diem job that I work sometimes Ooh. Um, and that I was and that I was doing to just kind of just put away even, you know, like I was just very much on this saving journey, um, kind of with COVID, like how I wasn't spending as much. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's kind of nice to not have to, you know what I mean? Like be worrying, whatever. And I was like, and just watching the savings account go up and up. It was more of like, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, Let's it's really time. nice, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah, yeah and, like, and you know, the other fun. thing is you, I always like to say this to people who live in New York City, you do not have to buy your first property in the, the city you live in. Like, where's your family? Long Island, so not much. Oh, not a great I'm real estate better. market. Yeah, yeah. Not much better. <laughs> okay, scratch that. Well, if you like to Philly or you like, if there's like a resort town you like you know or something upstate you could always look to buy there and you'll probably see the pricing come down there and if you keep saving maybe you find a place that you could buy with cash that's true 
you know, that seems to be a lot of the steals when I'm like dabbling on Zillow. I'm like, this is too good to be true. And then it's like cash only. I was like, there you go. And that's why, because like (laughs) at what your salary is, especially when you get rid of your $300, I'm assuming you pay off the loans and you get rid of that 300 and then the hundred, a $400, right? Yeah. Payment that's now gone that you're budgeted for it. That just goes back into savings you'll really bump right. that. Even with increasing the 401k, you will still continue to grow that savings. And so maybe you use, maybe you buy something in cash somewhere. Yeah. Find something for maybe 120. Scranton. Maybe Scranton, right? And you get a deal <laughs> and then you rent it. I mean, there's a lot of options. So I like to just tell people like, keep your mind open. It doesn't have to be an apartment in the city. It might be, It might. you might decide like, I'm going to continue to work at this hospital. I really like it. I'm going to look to buy. Um, I would still mm-hmm. urge you to wait till prices come down and we get a little more clarity around interest rates. But, you know, that all you also still have a really good down payment for like a $700,000 purchase, right? That you still have. Right. When you get up to that $150,000 level, you're giving yourself a lot of optionality. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice. And thank you, too, because I was listening to your podcast, like strictly the ones like with housing while well, I listened to it oh, yeah. way, but re-listening to like the housing ones and it was very very good advice so I thank you for what you do oh yes absolutely you're welcome um yeah this was wonderful I'm so glad that you've gotten rid of the tornado and you're on the savings journey this is quite impressive it is a real turnaround in three years (laughs) it is a huge it's a huge and I did buy a hair dryer so we're doing less blowouts amazing yes you had a lot of blowouts and a lot of ubers I believe (laughs) Yes. And we're, um, well, I moved recently. So that kind of like rocked my commute, even though it was a block and a half. I somehow was like this five minute difference of getting to the bus is affecting me in a serious way. So I was Ubering and I was like, so we can't go back to that 2019 road. So now we're, you know, readjusting and using the bus. Okay, good. I like to hear that. As one should. Yes. Well, the bus will help you buy a house or property, whatever it might be, way sooner than Uber. Uber is like, that's your like luxury, you know? Correct. And doing the end of month budgeting and seeing that amount, um, it's disturbing, to say the least. Yeah, you'd rather invest that amount like in shares of a company and like not just spending it, giving it to them. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is incredible. I, I thank you for all the good work you did during COVID and continue to do in the healthcare field. So I so thank you for that. And I appreciate you sharing thank this you. journey with us. I'm so impressed with what you've accomplished. Thank you for letting me. And thank you for everything you taught me. Seriously, you were um, very judgment free and very helpful it, while I was, um, you know, spiraling in my tornado. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we're here for. And so for all our lovely <laughs> listeners, you can check us out on Instagram for our most up-to-date information. And we are Future Rich Podcast. And if you like us, please rate and review us. We'd so appreciate that and share us with all of your friends. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.